and welcome to the Roundtable. Bill Priestley and Thomas Watson here with you. We're going to talk a little bit about yellow and the ripple effect that's going to have with the rest of the industry. Of course, you can catch a much larger conversation about this, joined by Mary O'Connell, who is with us here as well uh, on Great Quarter Gals a little bit later on this afternoon. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, you two. Obviously, we've talked a lot about yellow in and of itself. Let's look at the ripple effect going outside of that. And um, first off, obviously, the big one is where does the business go? Uh, but Thomas, one question to you, of course, and, and Mary, to, to you as well, is government contracts, because obviously that's part of their, their, uh, their uh, portfolio as well. How is that going to be assembled? Well, unfortunately, the, uh, we're going to pay more money. The taxpayer may have to pay more. Government contracts are an interesting bag because not only is it a real pain in the neck to sign up, you have to get approval, then you have to go on the boards, or you sign. It, there's a lot of moving pieces. So when we're talking about if they are hauling for government contracts, I don't know the exact extent, but I have hauled government freight before for full truckload, and boy, is that a pain in the neck. So uh, some disruption, similar situation to customers who are not able to switch. Now, uh, you know, any good government procurement has hopefully a backups, tertiaries, or they're just going to throw it out the spot. So, you know, it's going to get moved. Uh, Uncle Sam is very good at making sure it gets there. So I'm not too worried about that. But smaller businesses that may be finally catching up to the fact that their provider is no longer available, it's going to be a big pain in the neck. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Sam, if it doesn't get there, he certainly can make his presence <laughs> felt fairly quickly. Uh, Mary, uh, looking at that situation as well, obviously that's a, a part of Yellow's portfolio that uh, that has been fairly well documented. Pretty much any time that you have a government contract, um, there's always a secondary. There's always um, there's always a contingency plan. So definitely, those contingency plans are absolutely getting used, and um, probably more than anyone wanted to. Um, so those that were not haul or those that are absorbing Yellow's um, government freight uh, may or may not be happy about that because it's some extra. Like Thomas said, it's some extra hoops and hurdles to jump through that isn't exactly what every LTL carrier wants to uh, use or participate in. But um, yeah, again, it's just a matter of, you know, how quickly they can get those contingencies in place, because uh, I think in a perfect world, those contingencies were developed without uh, Yellow going bankrupt and all the other LTL carriers absorbing that extra freight um, in the rest of their network outside of government contracts. So um, I would definitely not want to be on, I basically just wouldn't want to be in the pricing department right now. Okay. Um, Thomas, you and Tony had a chart up uh, just kind of showing the impact of yellow and what's, what could happen uh, in that realm as they, of course, uh, have ceased operations. Now, as you look outside of that realm, um, obviously the freight's got to go somewhere. It's got to probably, again, Old Dominion, Saya, others uh, trying to pick up that. How do you see the effect of, of what yellow has lost being a burden to the rest, not a burden, but an opportunity to the rest of the industry? Well, it's going to be an opportunity for strategic decisions based on the needs. So these other LTL customers are very good at making sure that if this fits my network, that's how your old Dominions get that 70-ish OR, making it look really nice. But the biggest challenge is going to be within Yellow's network, they're very popular in the Midwest and on the West Coast. So we're going to see some disruptions the next weeks and months as customers are renegotiating. Two things, sticker shock in the near term. Those who are used to it being cheap, it will no longer be cheap. They are out of business. Secondly, the only big concern, capacity, anecdotally from what we're hearing, is able to cover this at a bit higher prices. But moving into fourth quarter, if we do see an uptick, if we do see that flexibility, Yellow had between 7 to 10-ish percent of the market share, depending upon who you asked. And so the question moving forward as we approach the holidays is, 
Will we see a situation where maybe your packages are going to be delayed from large retailers that had used yellow? And what's that going to impact in terms of consumer buying decisions? Will consumers, will this resonate with consumers and they order earlier in advance uh, because major outlets are picking it up? Or will it be something like, uh oh, Christmas is late. Give it another three days. Uh, we don't have enough people working at the terminal. All right, Mary, take a look at that situation there as well. Obviously, you know, there's an opportunity. Some people say probably an opportunity you might want to stay away from as well. How, how do you view other people, uh, other other entities in the Yelltail industry, or even in outside of that, trying to capitalize on what Yellow has lost in the market? So you're always going to have that cheap carrier that is not necessarily great and not the most reliable, but they are rock solid. They are dirt cheap prices. Um, there are still a couple in play and they know who they are. Everybody knows who they are. Um, but as for opportunity and being able to capitalize on it, you know, this is something that um, this is a unique situation that puts the regional LTL carriers in. Um because uh, for most of the large carriers, they'll wrap up some of those regional carriers into their uh, nationwide network and just interline it there. But I think this is really a great opportunity for some of those regional LTL carriers to kind of grow their business and maybe serve as the pickup person and then interline it on like a Old Dominion or ArcBest or one of those um one of those larger national carriers. But I think the biggest room for opportunity here is going to be in those regional carriers and they're going to be able to grow their business and really solidify what they have. And um, as for, you know, shippers, those that have insisted on routing yellow because they are, have some loyalty to them. Um, unfortunately, they're going to be in a bad spot. They're going to be a bad spot because most of the shippers that are so insistent and refuse refused to leave yellow in the first place they're going to um be a little less a little more a little less hesitant to jump uh, quickly into a more diversified network so i think that those shippers are going to ultimately be the biggest affected the ones that you know simply just go by the lowest cost routing um, regardless of service or claims or anything like that so this is a message to all those shippers of maybe maybe it's okay to spend a little bit more It'll be okay. It'll be all right. Your freight will get there in one piece and you won't have as many claims. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities there for shippers to get higher service. And um, yeah, the rates will go up, but in theory, you're not paying as many claims. You're not paying as many ex extra accessorial fees. Um, so there is more of an opportunity for more revenue growth there for the shippers as well. This brings me to the question that I really wanted to ask about this segment, of course, is the fact that obviously there are entities out there that would love to get their hands on perhaps either assets, real estate, and the like. We know, uh, or at least we, we can assume, uh, that the reason that this hasn't gone through, that bankruptcy hasn't been filed for, is because Yellow's tried to device itself of its 3PL uh, in terms of trying to get it out there as well. Thomas, uh, that being said, uh, how much of a feeding frenzy will there be once uh, bankruptcy is filed? Well, looking through some of the earnings from a truckload care standpoint, there are a few such as Knight Swift and JB Hunt that are mixed modal. We see uh, some LTLs, some uh, intermodal as well as full truckload. And on the earnings call recently, JB Hunt was very uh, mute about it. They didn't really speak so much as the potential impacts, you know, it was a few weeks prior during their earnings. But Knight Swift brought up a great point. Their CEO had talked about how uh, we're still hungry. We're looking on the prowl to grow our LTL network because it is a value play, looking at Goose and the share price. But they also had mentioned that they took advantage of central freight lines going out of business. That was a recent one, and it allowed them to expand their footprint. So, 
you know, when we're looking at who's going to be fighting over the proverbial carcass, so to speak, not only would regional LTL players potentially have a say-so, but also publicly traded full truckload carriers that are now mixed modal assets are going to potentially look at this and say, hey, uh, I'm integrating, I'm growing with this benefit. Maybe there'll be some buyers. So there's definitely not going to be a situation where, for the property at least, there's going to be some demand. That, that stuff is worth quite a bit. Now, for the actual assets themselves and the trucks, and we shall see. It just depends. That's another haggling issue. I don't know my day cabs uh, in terms of what's a good deal anymore. But, you know, keep an eye on that. Uh, I would say the biggest takeaway, uh, some of the buyers may be different than who you would traditionally expect. Mary, take a look at that as well in terms of what may be available. Obviously, if there would be a feeding frenzy at this point, but also from a driver perspective, obviously you have a union contract there as well. How does that figure into if you want to take advantage of uh, the unfortunate demise of yellow? So um, I think that the equipment, well, let's break it down into a few things. We've got the equipment. I don't think that there's going to be as strong of a feeding frenzy on the equipment because yellow does have some older equipment, um, but obviously the newer stuff will be snatched up because it's going to be dirt cheap compared to buying a new trailer or anything like that. So I don't know that anyone would want to trade their seven-year-old trailer for maybe a five-year-old one. So I don't know that equipment's going to be as much of a feeding frenzy, but there will be some there. Um, warehousing space and cross stocks, absolutely. People are going to be foaming at the mouth for that because we still are, have such a shortage of warehouses. Um, and to basically walk into a fully functional one for cheaper than you can get it built or rented yourself um, already in ideal locations. I think that's really going to be um, where most of it is, whether it's from a regional carrier or another national carrier. Um, and then as for that driver's union, I think that one's going to be a tough one to get someone in because right now there's really only a few carriers that um, either LTL or full truckload that do um, have a union and already have experience with it. So I think um, I think it's it stands to reason that the union might be in a little bit of trouble. Um, but ultimately, with how everyone is looking for good drivers, I don't think the drivers will have much of a problem finding a new job. All right, um, real quick, uh, do uh, this is, is it a problem now if that? Uh, for yellow drivers uh, in, in terms of if the asset or if, if you go after the drivers, do you also have to get the assets to have the drivers drive it? Possibly, but honestly, like at this situation, if you're buying up their location, one, make sure it's not a union shop. Shouldn't be hard because their contract's dead. Yellow's out, so yeah. no problem with that. Uh, secondly, if you have the assets, they can drive it. You just got to make sure that you have the stuff set aside. So, I mean, I, it, if you're already going to go in to buy it and do the assets, you'll figure the driver's side out. Gotcha. Um, Mary, real quick, uh, how big of a rock, shall we say, does this does this throw into the LTL community in terms of the ripple effect? Are we going to see not much, uh, not much disruption or are we going to see quite a bit? I wouldn't say that we're going to see quite a bit, not near the level of disruption that we would have saw in small, small parcel if UPS had gone on strike. Um, I would say that most people probably saw this coming, especially because we've had such a long notice period for it. Um, and most people were probably also working to take yellow off some of their freight um, just because their service had really slipped in the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that some of the places I worked at previously, we had taken them off of all of our customer routed freight um, because they just, they weren't living up to the standards that we wanted them to. So I would think that it's the overall ripple 
it, it'll be like a drop in a pond, but I wouldn't say it's like a boulder crashing into a pond okay. and everything splashing out. Um, I'd say that, you know, Q3 will be a little, uh, you know, a little unpredictable, but I would imagine by the time Q4 rolls around, everything will kind of be more even keeled. All right, we'll have to see how it goes out. Of course, Yellow still has to file for bankruptcy for all of that to essentially take place there as well. Mary, Thomas, thanks so much for joining us. We'll take a short break, come back and wrap up this edition of Great Waves now after this. 